This is Radio Health Journal. I'm Reed Pence. This week, why more people are getting a pet in the pandemic. It's continuing to be a challenge, especially for scheduling. And of course, everyone wants a stay-at-home buddy. And it's taking longer than usual to adopt from us. But we're doing our best. More dogs, more cats, and busy vets when Radio Health Journal returns. I'm Nancy Benson, host of Radio Health Journal. If you enjoy listening to Radio Health Journal, you'll also like our sister show, Viewpoints, which covers a wide array of topics from education to history to the environment. Here's a preview of what they're covering this week on Viewpoints. There's exactly one generation of students in the United States that have gone to school during a pandemic, and it's the students who were in our classrooms last spring. The challenges of returning back to learning once again. Then... We'll just go sit at a bar and talk to the bartenders because they know so many of the neighborhood secrets. The unseen gems in each town and city across the country. I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in-depth this week on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. Listen to Viewpoints on your favorite radio station and subscribe and listen to shows anytime on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Americans have reacted to the COVID-19 pandemic in a variety of ways. Over time, as we've been locked in our homes, out of work, going to school and working from home, finally dipping our toes into a return to real life, we've looked for comfort. Baking has become a new pastime, and the adoption of pets, especially puppies, has skyrocketed. It's continuing to be a challenge, especially for scheduling, and of course everyone wants a stay-at-home buddy, and it's taking longer than usual to adopt from us, but we're doing our best. That's Christina Morrison, Director of Development at the West Suburban Humane Society in Downers Grove, Illinois. We're definitely seeing an uptick in adoptions ever since Illinois' stay-at-home order started. In the spring, it was more dogs, and we couldn't even keep up with the demand. In fact, we had to find new out-of-state rescue partners to source some extra dogs from because the ones around the Chicago area were tapped out. (laughs) (laughs) You know, a lot of people wanted puppies since they were going to be home more and had some more free time to train and socialize a puppy. They were interested in puppies. So we are still continuing to bring in dogs to our adoption center and find new homes for them. The, The demand for dogs has slowed. And what we're seeing right now is an uptick in cat adoptions over the past several years. That affects more than just animal shelters, pet stores, and the families that have brought new pets into their homes. It also affects, for example, veterinarians. I wouldn't say we're anywhere close to being back to normal, but yeah, the really crazy times seem to have leveled off just a bit. Dr. Katie Stover is owner of Red Barn Animal Hospital in Hampshire and Gilberts, Illinois. We're getting a lot of new patients, a ton of new puppies and new adopted dogs. Of my eight years, this is the most new puppies I've ever seen in such a short time frame. We do see new kittens. I have not appreciated any more of an increase than the normal new kittens that we see. It's no wonder why so many pets are being adopted these days. Like Morrison says, we all want a stay-at-home buddy, a new member of the family to make us feel a little more calm and grounded. Puppies are a known stress reducer, and a lot of us have time now that we never had before. I think a lot of people figured that they were home, 
and that they had time for a pet right now and their children were home. And I think they were always on a fence or on a bubble on when was the right time to add a pet. That's Dr. Douglas Kratt, president of the American Veterinary Medical Association, who practices in the La Crosse, Wisconsin area. In my area, when I frequently see people add pets, is there might be a spike, I should say, as we come into summer when kids will be off school and things. Well, COVID had a tendency to bring that a little bit earlier. And then there always is a lot more kittens and things around in the spring than there is in the late fall, winter times. So I think that that was the main thing. And yes, I know that it calms people. I don't know if they went out to get a pet for its calming qualities as much as they went out to get a pet to add to their family and their family dynamic. I think they got the bonus of it being a calming influence. Animal clinics and shelters are busy now, but Morrison says it hasn't always been that way during the pandemic. Like many other businesses, shelters have lived with a roller coaster of closings and changed rules since the middle of March. All things considered, we like to think we're very proud of what we've been doing even during this pandemic. When it first started, we sent most of the animals we could to foster care. So we only had a few animals left at the facility, so we were able to only require a few volunteers each day to come into the shelter. So that's how we operated for a few weeks, just as minimal as possible, running a very lean ship. As Illinois started to open back up, we started adoptions again by appointment only. We only had one family in the building at a time. And we started to bring back more animals, more volunteers, little by little. We still are not up to full capacity. We're right still at about 50% of animals in the shelter, with the rest being in foster care, so more animals in foster care than normal. And we are still only allowing one family at a time to come to the shelter and meet an animal. But while most animals at Morrison Center were taken into foster homes when the lockdown started, many more foster pets than usual have happily never had to go back to the shelter. And that's the way it's been nationwide. We always get families who foster and they do what's called foster fail. They decide to keep the pet. And that's perfectly fine with us. We are very happy to let a foster family keep their dog or cat that they're fostering. This spring was a bit of an unusual situation because so many more people were staying home and had the opportunity to foster. So we had more people stepping up than ever to offer to foster. And we had more animals in foster. It's just a percentage game. The more fosters you have, the more people are going to, as we say, foster fail. So I have foster failed myself in the past. It's not hard to do. You know, these animals that you bring into your home, you get to know them very well. They become comfortable with you. They show you love. You show them love. And before you know it, you can't take them back to the adoption center. Stover says the same roller coaster has been present at the Red Barn Clinics. Patients were few and far between when the pandemic first hit. Towards the end of March, we saw a huge decrease in appointments, you know, as people were staying home. And we also had changed, you know, a couple of our procedures where we stopped scheduling elective surgeries and anything that was not required. We were deemed an essential service, so we did remain available to our clients, especially if there was illnesses. 
we did see some preventative care in that time. It was mostly rabies vaccinations that were going to become overdue just so they could stay legal as each county was handling rabies vaccinations differently. So we wanted to make sure we you know, protected our clients and our patients. And so at the end of March, we took a decrease, and then April overall was down for us as well. But since then, Stover says it's been crazy busy. They're dealing with many more patients while also staying safe. We had room for growth. So it helped us better cope with some of that increase, but we've never had to schedule out appointments two and three weeks into the schedule. And so this was the first time that we had seen that we were having to, you know, really push appointments back. And so that overall has improved. So now I think we have maybe a week wait time, but we're able to schedule, you know, our same day sick appointments again. We've never had to turn away new clients. I've heard of a lot of clinics being unable to accept new clients and patients at this time. And so that's never been a problem for us, thank goodness. We have obviously increased a client load because of these adoptions, but also I think how many veterinary practices have adjusted how they do business to keep their clients safe, their team members safe, as well as themselves. Traditionally, where you might have people in your hobbies more most of them are trying to eliminate that contact and keep the social distancing happening. Some of the same procedures you're seeing from your own doctor's office are being used by veterinarians as well. Technology and telemedicine are standard practice now at the animal clinic. Some had gone to what they call a curbside where the pet is brought into the practice, but clients stay outside in their cars or vehicles. When the exam is done, histories are taken out in the parking area and any services would be done inside. With that, there could be varying levels of telehealth or with that, so you might use your smartphones to communicate back and forth with a um, video app so the doctor and the client can talk back and forth. You may not even need to come in. You could consult with your veterinarian from the confines of your home. The veterinarian may be able to observe the pet at home in its natural surroundings. My receptionist puts a technician on the phone. The technician takes the history, you know, see if they have any questions for the doctor themselves, you know, what services they're interested in that day. And then they go out to the car, get the dog or the cat from the vehicle and bring it inside of the building. And then at that point, the doctor will come and do their physical exam, you know, administer any services that were requested. And then the doctor gets on the phone and we call the client in the car and we just go over our physical exam findings, you know, any recommendations we might have, suggestions. Kratz practice has recently begun allowing one person to come into the clinic with their pet rather than having to wait in the parking lot. Stover's doesn't allow that, with one exception. Anytime anybody has to euthanize one of their pets for whatever the reason might be, then we do allow them to come in the building. And we've also been a little bit more flexible with this, where we encourage only one person to come with the pet. But if there's other family members that really need to be there to say goodbye, we don't really have a set limit on the number of people that can come in, you know, to be with that pet during that time. However, for those families just getting a new pet, it takes time and effort. And Stover says right now it's difficult to do it well. What I'm interested to see is socialization is also as important when you're training a new puppy. And it's really hard to socialize a new puppy right now because you can't really go anywhere. When we see our new puppies, we talk a lot about introducing them to 100 new things in 100 days. So taking them to parks and different people wearing hats, wearing uniforms, people in wheelchairs, going to a hardware store with all the noises and the sounds. 
and people aren't able to do that. So I'm very interested to see when everybody does go back to work. It could be some time before that happens. Working at home and going to school remotely are pretty much the norm now. But Morrison says it's not a bad idea to start making the transition to a more normal world with your pet. Your dog or cat's people will eventually have to be gone all day, and that's stressful for them. But there are good ways to get them ready. What we are recommending is that you start leaving your dog home alone now for short periods of time. Go for a walk around the block without your dog or go to the grocery store and leave your dog home alone as you normally would when you're going to work. So if you crate the dog when you go to work, go ahead and crate the dog for short periods of time. Morrison says you should also de-escalate coming and going now to minimize your pet's separation anxiety when you head back to the workplace. When you leave, don't make a big deal out of it with your dog. And it's kind of like taking your kid to daycare. You want to just almost sneak out and, and not make a big deal of the fact that you're leaving. With dogs, you can even ignore them for five or 10 minutes before you leave and don't give them any attention. Don't make eye contact. And so that when you do leave, the dog will be like, oh, no big deal. And it's the same thing when you come home. We would never recommend that you run in the door and you know make a big show of saying hello. It is easier on the dog long term if you just walk in like it's no big deal, like you were just coming in from outside and ignore them for the first few minutes that you're in the house. Pets are a lifetime commitment, but especially in uncertain times, they give us far more than they expect in return. You can find out more about the American Veterinary Medical Association at avma.org. The West Suburban Humane Society is at wshs-dg.org. And the Red Barn Animal Hospital is at redbarnpetvet.com. Or you'll find links on our website, radiohealthjournal.org. I'm Reed Pence. Supporting immune function through a healthy diet has become an important new focus for many people these days. One key recommendation is to eat more vegetables and fruits, such as grapes, every day to improve immune function. Combining grapes with vegetables can help achieve this goal in a tasty way, according to registered dietitian Courtney Romano, health advisor for the California Table Grape Commission. Fresh grapes are heart-healthy and hydrating and linked to benefits in multiple areas of health, including supporting immune function. Grapes are always a smart snack choice on their own, and they also pair well with other healthy foods such as vegetables to enhance flavor and nutrition. Add grapes to a kale, spinach, or arugula salad. Roast grapes with cauliflower or broccoli. Combine grapes with cucumbers and feta for delicious and healthful eating. Grapes from California are a natural source of antioxidants and other polyphenols. Visit grapesfromcalifornia.com for more information and over 300 recipes. Nearly 18 million people in the United States have atopic dermatitis, also known as eczema. Eczema can happen almost anywhere on the skin, including the face, neck, and arms. But it can appear differently for everyone. Mom, author, singer, and fashion designer Jessica Simpson talks about her mild to moderate eczema for the first time. As a kid, I first noticed eczema on the back of my arms and legs. I would cover up my skin because I felt self-conscious any time I was experiencing an eczema flare. I've tried to manage my eczema over the years with various over-the-counter lotions and creams, but it got much worse during my last pregnancy. 
As a busy working mom of three, I don't always have time to focus on my eczema. So I finally talked to my doctor and was prescribed Eucrisa. I'm happy to say that my eczema improves when I use it. I truly encourage patients and caregivers to have the eczema conversation and talk to their doctor about potential treatment options that may be right for them. Jessica has been using Eucrisa Crisoboral Ointment 2%, the first and only 100% steroid-free prescription ointment for the treatment of mild to moderate eczema in patients as young as three months old. Eucrisa works both at and below the skin surface to treat eczema. The specific way Eucrisa works is not well defined. Prescription Eucrisa is for topical use only in patients three months of age and older. Do not use Eucrisa if you are allergic to Crisoboral or any of the ingredients in Eucrisa. Allergic reactions may occur at or near the application site. These can be serious and may include hives, itching, swelling, and redness. The most common side effect is application site pain, such as burning or stinging. Eucrisa is for use on skin, topical use only. Do not use Eucrisa in your eyes, mouth, or vagina. Ask your doctor about Eucrisa. Learn more at eucrisa.com or by calling 1-866-Eucrisa. Again, that's E-U-C-R-I-S-A dot com. And that's Radio Health Journal for this week. Radio Health Journal is a production of MediaTracks Communications. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to learn more. And check Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify for a library of past programs. Plus, you'll always find previous segments and information about our guests at RadioHealthJournal.org. Join us again next week for another edition of Radio Health Journal. Coming up next week on Radio Health Journal. When you wag that admonishing finger and blame the victim, you pretty much never help anybody lose weight, but you do make them feel about an inch tall. The consequences when doctors judge their overweight patients. Then rheumatic diseases, more than just arthritis. Rheumatic diseases are actually quite common And, you know, the umbrella of rheumatic disease usually includes about over 100 conditions. All that and more on Radio Health Journal.